From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Thursday, the 3rd of November, 2022. Good afternoon. Today we're going to be talking about the North Korean missile strikes. We'll also be discussing three of today's other important stories. But first, North Korea. On Wednesday, North Korea began engaging in provocative short-range missile exchanges with South Korea in the sea around the sea border separating the two countries. Wednesday saw the highest number of missiles launched by the North in a single day. This missile exchange was initiated by the North in response to joint military drills held by the US and the South. Things escalated today, though, when North Korea fired a long-range missile. South Korea believes that it was launched at around 7.40am local time and flew around 760 kilometres, reaching a height of about 1,920 kilometres. South Korea believes that the launch ended in failure and the Japanese government even thought that the missile flew over their island nation. This led to them issuing an emergency alert in which they instructed citizens in the northern region to stay indoors. It later transpired that the missile did not fly over Japan. This whole saga has spooked the West, leading them to believe that the North is soon to begin testing nuclear weapons once more. Between 2006 and 2017, Pyongyang conducted six nuclear tests. Since 2017, there's been a five-year break where the North failed to conduct any nuclear testing. Something that could well be broken soon. The US State Department said there would be a profound cost and profound consequences if Pyongyang conducted a nuclear test. In addition to any of the moral concerns about missiles launching from the North, the mere fact that the North is launching missiles could be problematic for them, as they're already heavily sanctioned and they risk being hit by more sanctions, especially if they begin nuclear tests once more. North Korea has been under United Nations sanctions since its first nuclear test in 2006, with the UN Security Council steadily stepping up the sanctions over the years. These sanctions were passed unanimously each time, meaning all permanent Security Council members, so the US, UK, France, China and Russia, voted in favour. It's been suggested that North Korea may now be taking advantage of the recent rift in the Security Council caused by Russia's invasion of Ukraine to step up its arms development and testing programs. For its part, North Korea has regularly criticised joint military exercises by the United States and South Korea in the region, pointing towards these as evidence of the US's hostile intentions, which the US denies, and as justification for continuing to develop its military capabilities. On Monday, American and South Korean warplanes began joint exercises, which are said to be some of the largest joint air drills between the two countries. Okay, so that's the biggest story of the day, but there's a lot more going on around the world. So here's a rundown of three other stories. Warring parties in Ethiopia have formally agreed to a permanent cessation of hostilities, the African Union has said, after 10 days of negotiations in South Africa. The war, which began almost two years ago to the day, has led to a dire humanitarian situation, according to the UN, with thousands of deaths, millions displaced and almost 90% of people in Ethiopia's Tigray region in need of food aid. 
A truce agreed earlier this year between the Ethiopian government and the Tigray People's Liberation Front, or TPLF, broke down after just months, so this latest deal will be met with some hesitation. Nevertheless, Ethiopian Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed called it monumental. An African Union special envoy said both sides had agreed on an orderly, smooth and coordinated disarmament, as well as the removal of obstacles to the transportation of food, medicine and aid into Tigray, which has been cut off for much of the past two years. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine, or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. US President Joe Biden has made an urgent appeal to voters six days before the final ballots are cast in next week's midterm elections. In our bones, we know democracy is at risk, Biden said in a speech at Union Station in Washington. The president said there are candidates running for every level of office in America who won't commit to accepting the result of the elections therein. It's unprecedented, it's unlawful and it's un-American. Biden placed the blame on Donald Trump, who he named only as the defeated former president, who refuses to accept the will of the people. Biden's speech was focused fully on democracy and mentioned the economy only in passing. Media reports say Biden was propelled to deliver such an address after last week's attack on the husband of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. President Biden made clear that he thought that those voices calling for violence and intimidation are a distinct minority in America. However, they're loud and they are determined. In yesterday's daily briefing, we spoke about the Russia-Ukraine deal that Russia pulled out of. In essence, this was an agreement brokered by Turkey that enabled Ukraine to export its grain through the Black Sea without fear of the ships carrying the grain being sunk by Russian warships. Russia pulled out of this because they believed that Ukraine had attacked one of their ships via a safety corridor. Today though, Russia has U-turned on this and has, yet again, agreed with Turkey that they will rejoin the deal with Ukraine. The West has seen this as a victory, with the German foreign minister saying that this saga demonstrates what can be achieved if the international community refuses to be blackmailed by Russia. As it stands, the grain deal is set to expire on the 19th of November, if it's not extended by both Russia and Ukraine. And finally today, we end with a positive news story. Angela Alvarez, a 95-year-old Cuban grandmother, has made history as the oldest nominee for Best New Artist at this year's Latin Grammy Awards. As a child, she learned to play the piano and a guitar, but was dissuaded by her father from pursuing music. Many years later, her grandson convinced her to record the songs she'd written, and her career took off last year. That's all we have time for on YouTube today, but if you want to see the ad-free edition of The Daily Briefing, you can watch that over on Nebula. Nebula subscribers not only get everything you've already watched ad-free, but also an extended edition of the show every single day, available to watch on Nebula or stream on your podcast app of choice. So if you want to support the channel and get a more extensive daily briefing every day, you'll want to sign up. And there's good news. Our friends at CuriosityStream, the streaming service which offers some of the best documentaries, is offering a deal whereby you can get both platforms, CuriosityStream and Nebula, for less than $15 a year. That's all the best documentaries you could want on CuriosityStream and then more TLDR on Nebula, including the extended briefing, other full exclusive TLDR videos, and it's always ad-free. Click the link below to get both services for less than $15 a year and support the channel.